Welcome to the Educate, Empower, and Evolve podcast. My name is Haley Vera, and I'm a lifestyle coach with my roots in holistic nutrition, personal training, and yoga. I'm admittedly a total nerd with a huge passion for gut health and optimizing human performance naturally. If you feel like you're drowning in the information available to you online, come hang out with me on the E3 podcast every single week and learn simple, effective strategies to help you balance your hormones, increase your energy, heal your guts, and optimize your mindset. I promise to provide you with science-backed knowledge and new perspectives so that you can make empowered decisions for both your health and happiness and evolve into the best version of yourself possible. Thank you for tuning in and lending me your ears. Now let's get into today's episode. So my name is Shailene, Shailene Sinclair. I'm currently going to school for holistic nutrition at the Institute of IHN. And yeah, I'm having to interview somebody for like part of my course and have to do like a little presentation on it. And yeah, I've been following you, Haley, for like since Brock was personal training with you, my husband. And yeah. you just like, you've been so inspiring and you've created such a like successful, awesome business. And I just like love how unique you are from other personal trainers where you focus so much on like gut health and hormones. And it's not just like, hey, here's your macros, hit these, like eat whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank yeah. you so much. I really do appreciate that. And when you reached out and asked to interview me, I was a little bit surprised to be honest, but I'm so <laughs> happy to be doing this and hopefully I can answer some good questions for you and also help you on your journey because I think that we need more people who are, you know, seeking out education around holistic nutrition and not just like mainstream, you know, kind of like fitness education programs that have very generic nutrition knowledge in them and very little that will I would say have large benefits in terms of like health and well-being. Yes, of course, losing weight is going to make you healthier, but there are still going to be things that are really important around nutrition that can be easily overlooked, especially with a lot of people pushing like the if it fits your macros approach, right? It's like whatever fits into your macros, <laughs> you're still going to lose weight. And I talk about that a lot on my podcast, actually, about how unhealthy that mindset is and how we need to start shifting towards more kind of whole foods. So Let's just dive into this. I'm excited. Well, yeah, I was going to say, so we don't have so much time here. So, okay. So first, what made you decide or inspired you to kind of get into the field of health and fitness and like entrepreneurship? Those are good questions <laughs> and definitely separate questions. Yeah. <laughs> like at least for me. So the, my foot in the door for, I would say like health and fitness was actually yoga because when I I graduated from high school. I actually went to the University of Waterloo in Ontario for engineering. I was like top of my class in school, like in high school. I graduated with a 97 GPA, BC science student, valedictorian. And I had all of this, what I felt, I think it was a lot of internal pressure looking back, but I felt like I had a lot of pressure to do something quote unquote big with my life. And I took that as like, pick the gnarliest career possible, the most challenging, because that's what's going to be the most respectable and obviously make me the most money as well. So I decided engineering was going to kind of fit the bill in all fronts. Like I'm a nerd. I can do that. This is going to work out. <laughs> so I went into engineering and I went into environmental engineering. because so I was like, yeah, I like the environment. So that's going to work out well. Turns out environmental engineering has nothing to do with benefiting the environment, but a lot of it has to do with mining and Yes, of course, we're like looking into making sure that it's environmentally stable, but it's definitely not here to like save the planet. That's for sure. 
So I was very kind of like naive in my decision-making process of where I went after school. But the truth is I was always really big into science and I loved fitness. So when I was in high school, I played every single sport my parents would let me. And I also, did you do AM fitness? I'm not sure if Brock ever talked about that. I know. Yeah, I know what it, I never did it. <laughs> I okay. wasn't so it was like the before school fitness yeah, class. The early morning fitness class. Yeah. yeah, for the absolute hardcore people who wanted to go do fitness before school. That was yeah. me. But I did it so many times that they wouldn't let me repeat it for credits. And I just had to become a teacher's assistant in it. So I have always been really passionate about fitness, if I'm being honest. But I went down the path of like science and down into like what I thought was going to be a profitable, well-respected career. I lasted a year and did a co-op term and decided that it wasn't for me. But at the time, I was really struggling with my physical health. And if we backpedal back into high school, I actually had really bad acne. And it got to the point where like, I didn't want to go to school because I didn't want people to see my face. I got called cake face, pizza face, all kinds of nasty names when I was in school. And so I just didn't want to go. And I went on acne medication. And instead of like cycling off of it, like you're supposed to, I was on it consistently for about five years. There was very little knowledge at the time around how to support a teenager who doesn't want to get acne again and like not teaching them changes in diet or anything like that. It was just, here's the medication. And so for five years on antibiotics, I was really struggling with stomach ulcers. I was struggling with constant yeast and kidney infections. I had rashes all over my skin and arms. I was constantly in and out of the hospital at the end of that five-year period with um, kidney infections. And I went to the doctor and I remember like my hair was so thin that someone asked me what was wrong with me. They're like, why is your hair so thin and like falling out? And I was so embarrassed. And I was like, ah, I went to the doctor and I was like, there's something wrong with me. Like there's something wrong. And they tried to put me on antidepressants. And so my response to that was, thank you. I took the antidepressants and on my drive home, I was like, I am 19. Like I, I'm not depressed. There's just like something physically wrong and I need to figure out what that is. So I flushed this prescription. I didn't end up taking them. And I started seeking alternative medicine and alternative health. And I ended up falling into yoga. And so I took my first yoga teacher training in Mexico, I guess 2014, I think that I did that. And it was shortly after that, that I started getting into teaching yoga full time. And then I started getting asked to teach at some of the gyms in Kamloops. And that was kind of my foot into the door of got asked to take my personal training certification by one of the gyms to be a, a coach for them. And then I further progressed into learning more about nutrition through my, my like passion for fitness. But yoga was the first kind of foot in the door for me. And at the time when COVID shut all the doors of the gyms, that was my primary income. So I was working full-time as a yoga instructor and personal trainer and nutrition coach for Gold's Gym. And that, I would say I was more of like a contractor than an entrepreneur right? I was just working at multiple locations. And when COVID happened, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I started building nutrition programs online. That's three years later, I have a business with seven coaches and 275 clients online. So it's been a journey for sure. But yeah, I would say COVID was the catalyst. I've always been passionate about health and fitness, but I didn't really know how to take that leap from yeah. being a being basically a sole proprietor to being an entrepreneur and and having a business and and building that brand. So totally. Yeah. So COVID was kind of able to give you that push to doing that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. And then what would you say was the hardest thing to overcome when first starting out? I think the biggest thing is imposter syndrome. 
where you feel like so many other people out there have more knowledge than you. And if you say something, they're going to come out and smack you in the face and be like, you're wrong. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing is just feeling insecure in your own knowledge. But the truth is that everyone has limited knowledge and everyone has a limited lens that they're looking through. And even people who have gone to school for a decade still don't know everything. You're never going to know everything. And that was the hardest thing for me was realizing, like overcoming that imposter syndrome and realizing that the knowledge that I have is valuable and that if I share that, other people will benefit. And it may not be everyone's belief system that I'm operating from, but the truth is we all have and hold different beliefs, right? And we're all going to look at nutrition knowledge differently, right? For example, if you're going to take a look at the way that Lee Norton is looking at nutrition, he's very much isolating like calories in, calories out. And so there's very little regard to the quality of food, right? And that is something that is going to definitely conflict with other people who are studying and looking at the effects of the gut microbiome, like my mentor, Dave O'Brien, right? So his view and his lens because of his research and what he's studying and what his truth is, is very different from what Lane is going to see as his truth. And so everyone is always, even at a very, very high level, like my mentor has been in the industry 25 years at no, no matter what level you're at, someone is going to disagree with you. So it's being able to push through that. And there have been times when I have felt uncomfortable, but it's, it's just important to understand that if you are here with the intention to help people, that as long as you're doing it from that place of like pure intention, that you can do no harm. Yeah, totally. So that's, that kind of led into my other question was like, what did you do to overcome this? Was mm-hmm. that just kind of over time, it would go away. I mean, I'm sure you still sometimes feel that way. Maybe it doesn't ever go away. I don't know. Yeah, it never goes away. I think that it, for me at first, it was like I tried to get as much knowledge as I could. So I listened to every podcast. I read every book. I took smaller courses. I didn't end up actually doing my professional designation. I had lots of courses that I had like pieced together information from and just found that the knowledge I had has been very beneficial in, in the way that I'm supporting my clients because I have lots of different kind of information that I've gathered over the course of my own journey of struggling with disordered eating, being on like antibiotics for years and having really disrupted gut health. So I think at first I tried to devour as much knowledge as possible. And I think that for anyone getting started, you want, it's not that you don't have enough knowledge to start. It's that you never, you always want to be humble enough to continue learning. And so for me, it was more from a place of like, I'm not enough. I don't have enough and I want more. But if you can operate from a slightly different perspective, it's probably healthier to operate from the place of like, I know that I'm never going to get it like all of the information, but I'm excited and like passionate to be acquiring more knowledge and to always be humble enough to see other perspectives. Right. And I took quite a few courses, but I was always listening to podcasts. Every time I drove somewhere, I had two or three podcasts downloaded. And every time I had the opportunity, I was like devouring an audiobook on hormones or on gut health or something. And then when I actually started working online, I hired a mentor. Do not start a business without hiring a mentor. That's like my one piece of advice. Like I tried, it was really hard. I wasn't not successful, but I wasn't seeing the success that I wanted. And in the online space, it's only getting more and more, I don't want to call it competitive, but people are becoming more and more tactical. And strategic, it's not just as easy as posting some good content and getting some clients. It's like you actually have to be strategic in your marketing. And so I hired a business mentor. I actually hired Brian and Colda Silva. They have PT Domination. 
and they have different tiers to their program. So I've done their, basically their CLA, which is the Change Lives Academy, which is their entry-level program. I've done their mastermind program and I've graduated from that. And I am currently just finishing up a six-month VIP program with them where I worked with them one-on-one. So I've invested okay. over $100,000 in marketing to help with marketing and stuff like that. Or marketing. Yeah. yeah. Mainly marketing strategy. So like content creation, acquiring clients, but they teach you like all the skills skill building that you need, like what platforms to to use for collecting like money and setting that up as well. It's like, it's, there's a lot more to it when you start like digging deeper. And like, once you get into their mastermind program, it's like how to structure a team and how to hire people and how to create standards of procedure and <laughs> all of the, the backend stuff that you don't really think about when you're getting started. So those are my mentors. I've been very successful with them and definitely would recommend them for anyone in like the fitness kind of space or they do a lot around like personal training, but even if you were just doing nutrition, I think that you'd have a lot of success with their program as well. And like I've invested over a hundred thousand dollars just in business coaching in the last three years. So okay, and definitely worth it. Then definitely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Okay, and then so how have your goals changed from when you first started out to now? I mean, we've kind of touched a little bit on this, but yeah, my goals when I first started <laughs> fitness was to survive. I was like, I am very sick and unhealthy. And the medical system at this point has done nothing but create more disruption and harm. I felt like there was a lot of, there wasn't a lot of like mental, emotional support through it. That was just like, here's a medication. Here's another medication. (laughs) And there wasn't a lot of like support through that. And so I think that my goals at first were literally to figure out how I could live with clear skin, like how to heal my skin how to fix my gut, because I knew that my gut health was a total disaster, how to heal my relationship with food and my relationship with self, because I'm, to put it in perspective, I'm about a hundred and anywhere from 145 to 150 pounds is where I maintain my weight. And at my lightest, right before I went to my first yoga teacher training in 2014, I was 115 pounds. So there's severely malnourished and very negative self-image. I always wanted to be smaller, more petite, shrinking my body. So why I started is very different from what I am, where I'm at now. <laughs> now I have, you know, I've worked through a lot of that self-work and I've gotten to a place where my goals are really about supporting my team. My success is, is my coach's success. Like when I see my coaches successful and my clients successful, that's what makes me really happy. So my goals right now are to continue to expand our business. Obviously I have seven, seven coaches plus me. One of them is going to be on mat leave soon, but I do have So basically me plus six until she comes back. But a lot of them are new. They've just started out in the industry. So creating content, marketing themselves, learning how to speak to their avatar, how to sell, how to coach. Like they're all amazing coaches. Every single, yeah, every single one of them on my team. Like I do not for a second doubt their ability to coach their clients, but it's all of the other stuff that you don't learn when you become a personal trainer that becomes now all of a sudden infinitely more important and relevant. It's like, how can I even coach clients if I don't have these other skills in sales and marketing? So my goal with them is to get them all up to a place where they have about 50 clients each. And we're not quite there. Obviously, if we each had 50 clients, we'd be pushing the numbers of quite a lot higher, probably around 400 clients is where I'd like to see. And then from there, it's just growth, right? It's like we do retreats right now. So I have a retreat coming up in August at Harrison Hot Springs, which is like a wellness retreat, essentially. We have someone from Vital Point Acupuncture and Kamloops coming to do traditional Chinese medicine and talk about like organ and emotional health. I have someone coming to do reflexology, like sound bath meditations and cool. it's called the, the, yeah, the hot springs. So yeah, that's yeah, amazing. it's super cool. So I want to be running these 
at least annually, we're going to do them in Canada once a year, but I also want to start doing destination retreats. It's kind of like long-term goal and a bit more education. So creating more of like a VIP program right now, I'm doing a mentorship with Dave O'Brien. And so I'm learning a lot about blood work analysis. You're looking at the correlations and the patterns within the blood. Our medical system looks at blood work with like, it's really sad, honestly. <laughs> I, I get frustrated about it, but they're looking at population averages and our population is super unhealthy. And so if we're looking at population averages, like what are we comparing to? You know, it's not a healthy comparison. And then they're isolating markers and isolating things like blood pressure or cholesterol without understanding why those might be out of range and not looking at the other patterns or correlations in the highs and lows. So the blood work analysis that I do is looking at shorter or smaller windows and looking at the patterns. And my mentor is actually developing a software right now. He's such a genius. <laughs> he get, the software is what- I follow him on Instagram actually too. Yeah, he's so <laughs> smart. So the process is the blood work and we'll spit out basically the problems down to like what strain of bacteria is causing the imbalances or causing the problems or, or at least what phylum of bacteria. And so his protocols are something that I'm working on and I'm looking at building out like a VIP program where you work with me very closely one-on-one -on -one and do blood work, you know, four times a year. And it's for people who are like, I would say either want to really optimize their health or who are really struggling with their health, like autoimmune conditions, Crohn's, colitis. I've worked a lot with people with Crohn's and colitis and people who are celiac as well and gotten them to a place where they're in remission, to a place where they're feeling like very confident in their ability to navigate their nutrition without having like relapses and things like that. I had one client who the doctors basically wrote off and she worked with me, I think it was four months and we had her in remission and with colitis and it hasn't come back. So yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the, the side of that, that I'm really passionate about. I think my goals now are obviously with my team to make sure the team is supported and successful. And then to continue to expand my own knowledge and to be able to deliver that in a new way, right? It's like, I want to start creating new programs and, and obviously to have the retreat, something that we can offer not only internally right now, the clients are just, the retreats are offered just to our clients, but I want to start doing retreats that are, are open to the public as well. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So what are your biggest day-to-day -day challenges right now that you face? That there's not enough hours in the day? Yeah, not enough hours in the day. So you right. like, I, I think like the biggest, this is going to go really good into my next question. <laughs> okay. So the biggest challenge I don't, I don't face. Okay. I can't say I don't face challenges. Everyone faces challenges, but I have my daily routine so dialed in and my workflow so dialed in that there aren't a lot of challenges. It's just like okay. pushing through the discomfort sometimes of like repetition, doing the things that need to be done that you don't really feel like doing. But I have so much passion for the business and for what I do that none of it ever feels like work. Like, of course it's work, yeah. but it, it's never something that I don't want to do. Like, I don't ever wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do my client check-ins. You know, it doesn't ever feel like that to me. There are days where client check-ins are hard, where it's like checking in with 60 people if they haven't had a great week is like, it's challenging, right? It takes a lot yeah. of energy, but I feel that it's, it's energy that's really worth putting out because the benefit, like the reward of seeing these people be successful is so much more important to me than me feeling tired for a day. So it's like the, it's not even a comparison there. Yeah. And I always just make sure I set my tone in the morning. And so I start my day with a daily routine. I wake up at 4.30. I always make sure that to start my day, I'm a reading a part of a book, doing some meditation and journaling, and then going to the gym. So I don't start working until I'm back home from the gym. And that gives me some peace in the morning just to focus and center myself and make sure that I'm not, you know, starting my day feeling frustrated or feeling anxious because a lot of people yeah, do start totally. their day feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. Start your day up. That kind of went into my next question. I was going to say, how do you like 
prevent burnout from happening and just like manage a work-life balance so of course you have your morning routine is there kind of anything else that you yeah do? in the health like when you're wanting to help people it's so hard to just like not give it your all and kind of try to like empty your tank. Yeah. Yeah. We can't pour from an empty cup. So I think you always need to make sure you're on top of your own health and that you make sure that it doesn't bleed into your relationships, like intentional time with your partner, especially if there's someone that works from home, it's like setting time where you're like, this are my working hours, I think is most important. There's going to be days where I push that and extend it because I need to. We're running yeah. a challenge. You know, I'm onboarding a new coach. I'm doing something where it's like, okay, I got to work 16 hour days. That's okay. But yeah. for the most part, I, my schedule is like, I'm going to work from eight until like six, you know, and it, it's really important for someone who so many people now who are in this space are working online. Do not have your notifications turned on on your phone because every time they, they go off, you're triggered and it can create anxiety and overwhelm. And I've seen it in my coaches. And so the rule is the only app that shows notifications on your phone or on the team is WhatsApp, because that's where our group chat is for the coaches. But the the client app, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of those notifications are not just silenced, but like turned off. Oh, they don't yeah. even pop, they don't even pop up on your screen. If you want to check the app, you have to physically open the app to look at it. And that way you're not constantly being triggered and stimulated by your phone. Because if you do that, you're you'll have a really hard time focusing and you'll burn out a lot faster. Yeah. I think the other thing, I don't, it's not that I don't believe in burnout, but I think that burnout is just a, a symptom of being on the wrong path. It's like, if you are doing something that's out of alignment with your values, if you're doing something that isn't in alignment with who you want to be or who you want to become, you'll feel burnt out. Like how many people work a nine to five that I would feel like is pretty fucking easy. And they're like, I feel burnt out. I'm like, well, you're doing something that you're not happy doing. That's why you're burnt out. It's not that it's so hard that you're burnt out. It's that you're overstimulated. You let notifications rule your life and you're doing something that makes you unhappy. And so I'm kind of, I'm not, just not that I'm like burnout's fake. I just think that burnout is, a, is basically like an indicator that you're going in the wrong direction. Okay. So if you're doing something you're passionate about, then maybe. It's not that you're not going to feel tired, but I, I can legitimately say that I don't feel burnt out. There are days where I feel tired. Yeah. There's days where I feel tired for sure. But it's how you frame it. And if you're speaking that and saying, I feel burnt out, you're going to feel that way. But like, I don't go around telling people that when I've had a long week that I feel burnt out. I'm like, God, had a super productive week. We got a lot done. I'm exhausted. Right. It's okay to be tired. Like it's okay to empty the tank and go all in on your business. I think that's hundred percent. Okay. And there's like two sides to society. There's like hustle culture where it's like, go, go, go sleep three hours a night, never take your foot off the gas, try and work 10 jobs and you know, make as much money as you can. And then there's the other side, which is like, create balance and make sure you're not burnt out. And here's the five signs of burnout that you have to be really careful about. And I'm like, okay, we need to find somewhere in the middle where it's like, <laughs> hey, to push yourself and challenge yourself and be tired and to feel like mentally drained after like going all in for the day. But to know that, like, <laughs> to know that it's not unhealthy to feel challenged, right? It's like resistance, overwhelm, anxiousness. Those are all normal parts of change. And we like demonize a lot of these feelings that we have. Like we demonize frustration. We demonize anxiety. And like, those are really useful like signals from your body. I think that anxiety is like a really high vibration feeling. If you're feeling anxious about doing something, like maybe you're feeling anxious about interviewing me. I'm not saying that's true, but <laughs> that anxiousness isn't bad. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't going to bite you, you know, like <laughs> there isn't anything really negative that's going to happen, but where's that anxiety coming from? It's coming from self-pressure, 
Yeah. Right. Your own expectations. Totally. Yeah. Fear of judgment. And so when you can start to realize that the feelings you're having are created from your own belief systems or your own fears, like you can start to kind of like redirect and like course correct and, and kind of change your perception of things to, to feel a little more balanced in your day life. Straight yeah. up balance is bullshit. You're never going to be balanced. There's, <laughs> it is always going to be tipping the scales, right? Sometimes yeah. we focus more on a relationship. Sometimes we're more focused on business, but it's, it's never a perfect balance. And when you constantly try and make things perfect, you're never going to get change because if you think of something that's perfectly balanced, which direction is it going? No, like, nowhere. Same word. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to tip the scale in order to create change. And people ask me all that time, like, how do you balance your life? I'm like, well, I eat whole foods. I don't eat garbage. I don't drink very often. There's the occasional time I'll have a glass of wine or a cider. I'm like, I don't stay up late and watch useless things on Netflix. I go to bed early. I strength train and make sure I'm taking care of my body. And I work on my mindset. So I'm not draining myself with thinking a bunch of negative things or project like worst case scenario, thinking my future and, and sitting here worrying about it. Right. It's like, I work on all of the things that can create inner peace. And I'm not too worried about my life being busy. Like being busy is okay. Yeah. As long as you're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I talk to my clients all the time about the word busy. They're like, Oh, I'm so busy. I'm like, can we change that language to like, I was productive today. Because if you're saying you're busy all the time, it feels like the work is never done. And guess what? It's never going to be done. But if you can say that today was productive, you at least have that sense of like pride and accomplishment to, to end your day and just like move forward in a way that allows you to be excited to reach tomorrow instead of like resistant to tomorrow because you didn't finish everything today. Right. It's, yeah. That's a huge thing for a lot of people. It's like, I'm so busy. I'm like, that. that's not bad. What's bad? Like you're making it negative by saying that you're so busy right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yes, you have a lot going on, but can you just be productive and then proud of what you got done? It's like, that's, I think a lot more valuable than sitting here trying to compete with who's busier. Totally. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how long did it take you to be able to make a living coaching full time? Good maybe, question. Like, maybe online. Okay. Yeah. Cause you were in person first. So online, what do you consider to be a living? Because I, I don't enough know to like pay just enough to pay your bills like where you were able to have that as like your yeah enough to pay your bills and survive I guess okay so I would say that it took me about three months to get to a place where I felt that I could pay my bills and that I wasn't sinking and I had a house so I had a mortgage that I was paying by myself so it wasn't a small amount of bills what <laughs> I was paying for my mortgage obviously having a vehicle and I have a big dog now as well so I would say it took me probably about three months. And before I started working with Brian and Cole, I was making around $3,000 a month by myself before I hired them. Now with the business, I still pay myself what I would call like a reasonable income. I pay myself $5,000 a month. We obviously bring in a lot more than that as a team. And I bring in a lot more than that personally, but it goes into our business bank account. And I do a lot with like the business money, right? Like we're using that for retreats and events. And in the future, it'll be used for more like right now we're just getting into to group growth and like paid advertisements and things like that. So we can start using some of that income for it. Big mistake. I think when you start making money online is that you're just like, sweet money. <laughs> so yes, money is a lot of fun. And I think that being abundant is like wonderful. But for me, my primary focus is on like growing the business. And so I pay myself basically what I need and not more. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to also ask kind of before you were online, how long for you to make a living, I guess, just coaching clients in person. Like how, how long were you doing that for? 
I think it depended on how much work I wanted to put in and acquiring clients. Cause I was like, I was teaching yoga full time, which would have paid all my bills, but I'd have to say that I was probably only making 3,500 to $4,000 a month working at three different places. Right. So it's like, cause your time is like yoga classes, you're teaching for an hour and you're waiting for two or three and you're trying to fit PT clients in between that and like driving back between the gym and the yoga suite was not an efficient workflow and very time consuming. There were some days where I left my house at 5 a.m. and didn't get home until 10 p.m., depending on like the schedule that day and where I was going for work. Like I worked at two different gyms, two different studios. So I was always all over the place. But it it took me a while to build up clientele, obviously, but it was wasn't, I don't think that I can say that it was ever hard for me. I don't know why. I feel like I just kind of like came to places at the right time and and got the work that I needed. So it was a bit of a shell shock when everything shut down though. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have any other skills at this point in time other than like coaching. And that's the only direction that I felt like I could go. I felt like I was kind of trapped into a corner, but it was also a bit of my stubbornness. Like I'm not giving up coaching because this is what I love. So I need to figure out another way to make it profitable for myself, but it's been a blessing because it's been infinitely more profitable working online than it was in person. Yeah, totally. And probably can help way more people that way I did not have 65 (laughs) clients at the gym when I was working there so yeah yeah at one point I had 95 clients of my own online but that just got a little bit crazy so that's a lot no I took me two full (laughs) client check-ins crazy yeah okay so knowing what you know now is there anything that you would have done differently when you were starting out that is a good question no I think that you just have to fail forward honestly And don't be afraid to seek for help or invest in help. A lot of people are like, oh, I can do it on my own. I don't need to spend the money there. Like spend the money, hire the, do your research, but spend money and and hire the people to help you because you're going to get there a lot faster. But I don't think that I have a lot of things that I would change. I think that everything that kind of happened or unfolded in my life happened the way that it needed to. And I had a lot of mistakes and failures. And I think those are a lot of what made me a good coach, right? It's like, you, you need to go through that process of learning and don't expect it to be perfect. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So what advice would you give to someone who's trying to become an entrepreneur? I mean, I know you said the mentorship definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said, if you're looking, if you're looking to get into entrepreneurship, it would be to prepare yourself to be a jack of all trades because you may be good at nutrition and passionate about that, but you are going to also need to get good at marketing, to get good at content creation, to get good at talking to people that you don't know, talking to strangers, having cold conversations, doing network expansion, lead generation. So hire the people that can help you with the strategies because you just went to school for how many years to become a holistic nutritionist and you expect us to be able to also learn business and marketing without going to school. I'm like, I don't think so. It's like hire someone that does have those expertise that can help accelerate that process for you. I tried to do it on my own and it was not easy. Okay, cool. Because I, I like, I personally want to be online, just being able to help people online, totally mm-hmm. online, maybe the occasional in-person, but yeah, we've, we haven't really learned anything in school about the marketing side of things. We have this course that has touched on it a little bit, but like, I'm honestly learning more from you right now than anything. So, Fair enough. so onto the marketing side of things, what online marketing techniques do you use? A lot of it's organic content. Yeah, okay. organic content right now. So live videos, a lot of it's just providing value. We Like Brian and Cole call it like deposit withdrawal. You can't go to the bank and say, I want to withdraw cash if you don't have a bank account. 
So your social media is like your bank account, you're depositing value for people. And then you can do like CTAs where you're asking for people who need help. But a lot of it is like they, the content that we put out is all around connection, proof and value. So connecting with your audience, letting them know you're a real human being and you're not perfect is really key because just someone out there that's like flashing the perfect body is going to be less relatable than you if you're sharing your story and sharing where you came from and how you got to where you are. And then proof posts, so social proof or proving that you yourself have gotten there and value, which is like sharing the knowledge that you have in creative ways, whether it's through reels or written posts or like carousel posts, live videos, things like that. Yeah. And parasocial relationship is really important. Letting people see your face and hear you talk. So doing lives, talking on your story, all of that is like good organic marketing. I'm just starting to get into paid ads now, but it's not like add to application. It is to funnel people towards our free community, where again, the goal there is if someone just comes into that group and they don't even have the intention of signing up for the program, they get value, right? They have a community. There's people there that can support them and help them. So a part of it is also giving back is being able to create a community that is free in the online space and to give value there and do trainings and kind of give people a place to, to connect with other people who are working on themselves as well. So that's something that I'm just starting. Like I literally just talked to the ads manager yesterday. Like I'm just getting started on that. And so I don't have a lot of knowledge around it yet. I'm actually clueless, but we'll be using Meta, which is like the Facebook advertising platform to do that. Okay. And do you, so, I mean, I know you have your Instagram and do ads and stuff on or like your marketing on there and stuff. So do you use, use Facebook, do you use other like social media apps? Um, well? I'm on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, kind of like YouTube, everything. everything. Yeah. I haven't, so would, would you recommend using like multiple different ones? <laughs> yeah. You want to be omnipresent and have kind of everything. I also, we also have a webpage, but it's like, I, I think Instagram is probably one of the best ones for me. And I can't say that I am good at using YouTube or using TikTok or using Twitter. Like I'm still learning, like I've learned how to use Instagram and it's taken me three years to feel like I feel comfortable marketing on that platform. And now I just need to get good at using the other ones. It just takes time, right? Yeah, totally. Okay. And then my last question here. So what are your top editing apps or just like tools that you use or that are like your must-haves yeah having a good phone like don't use a shitty old phone like I have um whatever iPhone 13 or something because it's got a billion cameras on it and then I do have another like um Canon M50 that I can use as well like a camera but honestly iPhone if you learn how to use it in pro mode you can pretty much use it for anything and then I use CapCut for editing all my videos it's easy you can put captions over things you can do overlay or photos it's just like very user-friendly. There's more complex apps out there that you can find and use to edit things, but I'm like, I just don't want to waste my time. And then Canva. So, and then once you get to a point where you have the in the finances to buy your time back, you outsource it. You can outsource and have people like create posts for you or create reels for you. You just send them the raw video footage and tell them what they you want done with it. So there is that I am just a bit of a that one as well or I've tried it. I'm just a bit of a control freak. And so I've really found that I like creating it myself and I actually enjoy creating content. There's I can't say that I'll never do that. I feel like in the future, when I get to a place where it's no longer worth my time to do it, that I I may outsource it. But right now it's a part of like a creative part of my day that I enjoy. And so I don't really want to give it up because I like it. Some people out there hate it. They hate editing videos. They don't want to do it themselves. And so if that's you, then just outsource it. Like definitely, I've outsourced a lot. I don't even open my own emails anymore. Like I've outsourced a lot of things. 
to be able to still focus on the things that I love, right? Yeah. My primary focus is, is my clients, my team and content. And if I can focus on those things, then the rest I can outsource. Yeah. Cool. Amazing. Okay. Awesome. Well, that was, yeah, that was all my questions. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for staying late and going through all those. No problem at all. Thank you so much for the chat. I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to watching your journey and watching your career as well. And I'll have to bring you back onto the podcast and interview you as a holistic nutritionist. As yeah, something. in a couple of years down the road when I've kind yeah, of- In a couple of years? Like, when do you, yeah, once you graduated from your program- Well, I don't, graduate till, I don't graduate till next April, so. Okay, so-, so. Yeah, for sure. We'll bring (laughs) you on and we'll talk about where you're at on your journey. But thank you so much for the chat. I hope you have an amazing day. Awesome. Thanks, Haley. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E3 podcast. I had so much fun sharing my knowledge with you and I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you found value in this episode, the number one thing that you can do to support the show is share this episode on your social media platforms or leave a review. If you'd like to find out about the lifestyle programs I offer online, go to healthpillars.ca and click apply today to fill out an application for coaching. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Peace, love, and personal growth.